This is what we call a Baca Cast Extra. Ben and I are going to talk about Girls Last Tour and March Like a Lion. And then we're going to stop. So let's get started. Girls Last Tour. Go ahead, Ben. You, you have the floor for the moment. Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting show. I we're yeah, Going through it episode by episode would be kind of pointless. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, we're just going to try and sort of pick out, you know, like what the, you know, some of the themes that and, and stuff that they're getting into. And what we found interesting about the show as a whole. And well, to, to me, the first episode and the last episode were definitely the most interesting of the two because it laid out a couple of things that we weren't really sure of, but... The middle was great, too. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and that... So... Yeah. So for me, this show is kind of... A... It's a tone piece, basically. And what makes it interesting is the... Is the way it... It... It has two contrasting tones, and it executes on both of them perfectly and harmoniously. Yeah, uh, Chi and you are diametrically opposed. Uh, Chi is analytical, curious, uh, a little bit of a scaredy cat, uh, wants to know what's going on, and you is brave, fearless, oh, and hungry. Well... Yeah, but, well, but yeah. There's the there's the chi and you dynamic, which is sort of which is mostly kind of a fluffy comedic slice of lifeish thing, you know. Well, where you just have the these two, you know, these two friends, you know, just like you know messing around, messing around all by themselves because there's nobody else around, and. Just like you know, amusing amusing themselves, you know, because they they don't really have anything to do other than well, it, whatever they get. Into. It's like it, it's like it says, you know. It, I'm going to guess that the motorized half track vehicle and everything came from Cheese grandfather. You must be her friend, and to escape the war. Grandpa said, look, get on this, take the supplies, go through the little hole, and hope you guys live for a while. And since you're so small, you don't need a whole lot of food. Uh, well, my take on, right, and, yeah, yeah, so my take on the other, the, like, the other aspect of the show is this, you know, is this kind of, sad post-apocalyptic thing going where and this is where like where like these girls are exploring this bleak landscape full of you know full of abandoned machines and buildings but it's been long enough that the bodies are gone yeah uh right so you know and so it leads you to it leads you to try and piece together you know piece together the narrative of how they got there and so like your thing about how yeah you know like their grandfather you know their grandfather sheltered you know like sheltered them and then i guess when he couldn't he you know they had to go on their own and and another thing that's interesting about it is you know is looking at looking at the, you know, looking at the artifacts that, and the buildings, 
and the machines and all that that they're you know that the girls are messing around with as they're exploring it, this landscape it 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 also you know it also encourages the viewer to try and piece together what the civilization was like before the end well and the two people that they ran across the writer who gave them the camera and then the uh airplane builder who did a really nice job of putting together the airplane that uh well we could have used a little bit better super glue but it flew for a while and at least she took a parachute with her so she was smart enough to have that but uh yeah it's interesting that you know they find machines and they find this and they find that and they don't know quite what happened until the end and then at the end we get a picture and especially the last episode of how the civilization came to an end yeah right yeah yeah and yeah so like i said that the, the the contrasting the contrasting tones between the you know the post apocalyptic narrative and the you know fluffy slice of life narrative that's it's a good blend yeah it it you, you wouldn't think it would work and yet it does it, which is which is what what which is why i had it as like the uh the biggest surprise of the year. Yep. In my in my uh, anime awards. Yeah, going into it until about I think the third episode where they met the guy with the camera, I wasn't quite sure where it was going. But after that episode, it was like, oh, so you're going to look at the world this way. Hmm. This ought to be interesting. And like I said, the last, the 12th episode, and yes, you should watch all 12. Don't jump to the 12th episode because we have to talk about it a little more than the rest of the show. But the 12th episode does an excellent job of lacing all of it together. Right. And, yeah, and even though it's a mostly episodic, you know, structurally it's an episodic slice of life, there is a sense of forward momentum. As you know, as, you know they gather they gather stuff. You know they they experience stuff and they learn from their experiences, and they're like moving and they're moving through this abandoned city. Huge, multi-layered, abandoned city, and they keep going up layer by layer by layer. Their their goal is to get to the top, and then you wants to go to the moon. Sure, why not? <laughs> Yeah. Civilization may have moved to the moon and still happy up there, but uh, after watching the 12th episode, I'm not going to take any bets on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and anybody thinking for a sequel or an OVA to this, the 12th episode pretty much left it like this is how it's going to end, but there could be maybe a further adventure OPA, but I wouldn't bet the farm on it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could have, you know, a few, you know, you could have a few individual episodes, but I think thematically, the, yeah, thematically the 12th episode concluded the show as about as well as it could be concluded. And it didn't slam dunk it shut. I mean, the girls are still alive and they're still heading for the top of the city. So it's it's not like, you know, some anime where everybody dies, oh, end of story. Everybody's yeah, dead. Yeah, I mean. No. It, it, yeah, it's it's not that kind of an ending, but it it leaves you pretty much to where you're like, oh, well, I wonder what they're going to find next. Well, well, what happens at the end is that they, you know, they find out, they find out that there's basically nothing left of the human race except for them. And it, well, it's, they're, they're, and yeah. they have, you know, I mean, they'll have, like, enough fuel and, and food to last them the rest of their lives, but after them, there's nothing. Well, and, you know, the chances for offspring have been pulled to zero, unless they find something along the line, but I doubt that seriously. 
so yeah, it's uh, pretty much they're the they're the end of the road, and at least like I said, episode twelve with the uh, cute mushroom characters who eat nuclear missiles. I like that part, by the way. Uh, uh, tell us why, wherefore, and how come this is all going to come about. Mm-hmm. On the whole, it's a good watch. You should, you know, if you're interested in a different look at Armageddon, um, not wholly politicized, and the aftermath of if humanity actually dives into that folly, Girls Last Tour would be something to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's also interesting, what's another another thing that it gets into is that the you know, the girls like musings and their, you know, the way they play around, and the discussions that they have, you know, while they're wandering around, uh, gets into some interest. They uh, they sort of explore in in a kind of veiled way a variety of philosophical issues, <clears throat> like you know, well, like war is a big one, but also. Uh, also, things like environmentalism and religion, and and, and I go back to the first episode where uh, they find the uh, package of chocolate uh, rations, and there's five of them in there, and so Chi uh, is sitting there trying to figure out how to divide the fifth one so they both get it, and you reaches over, grabs it out of the package, and points a gun at her head while she eats it, and it's like. Oh, this was must be what war's like, uh, you know, when you run out of food, or there's like five people and four pieces of bread. Yeah, and and it's the way that they tackle that. You know, it's yeah. like you got to sit there and think. It's like, oh, beep, UPS just went off. Okay. Uh. Right. So it gets yeah. So it gets into these philosophical issues, but it doesn't get it doesn't get overly preachy about it and i know it's not heavy it, it's not heavy-handed and um if you're looking for a ton of fan service no this is not the uh show for you either so um with that i give the episode as a whole of five and it was a, it was a pleasant surprise uh, considering some of the shows uh, that were on during that oh season yeah. another great thing about this show is the music I especially uh, love I especially love the bits when when they're like you know with like you know these they have like these montages when they're moving through the city and like the soundtrack goes into this choral like where you hear like the you hear like this choral music in the background uh-huh. it's really quite effective yes <laughs> and then there's the opening theme where they dab. Yeah. That was amusing. The, op- the opening and then the the last episode's ending where they're la la lawing off into the sunset. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and rate it and then we'll move yeah. on to our uh, I'll give, next preview. I will give the series a five. Uh, and I say highly recommend it. All right. Now, this has been going on for 35 episodes, and we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but um, since Ben and I have watched March Like a Lion from episode 1 to 35, and Dusty hadn't, we decided, you know, I mean, marathoning, you cannot marathon March Like a Lion. Let me get that statement out right now. If you try to marathon it, you will end up exceptionally confused and frustrated. Because you have to take each episode, which they're not, they're piece episodes. There's two or three pieces to an episode of things that happen. If you try to marathon it or rush through it, you're going to be, huh, what did I miss? Uh, well, I don't Pretty know about, much so. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I've, well, I, did, I didn't watch, like, I didn't, like, marathon the whole series at one time, but I tended to watch it in, like, 
several in like in like large chunks. Well, see, the worst I ever did was two episodes or three episodes at once because that's with the things. But let let's lay out the cast of characters. Right, and you have K- Ray Kiriyama, who's the main protagonist. Well, anti- no, he's just the main character because he's he's gets stuck in all sorts of interesting situations. And then his uh, pick up an adoptive family. And then the friends that he's met. But yeah. we can go into that all in that in right. a second. So, right. So the dynamics, the dynamics is, the dynamics that, like, are underlying this thing is that Ray is this, <clears throat> Ray is this, like, this shogi master who's, like, who's in high school and yet he's able to play professionally at a very high level. Uh, at a very young age. Yeah. So he, yeah, so he's like the yeah, so he's like the equivalent of like a chess grandmaster, because um, <clears throat> well, that's what Chuggy is. It's like chess, only a bit different. Um, right. I'm but, still, but, I'm still getting the, I'm still getting the, the rolling how that works, but yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to understand it. Yeah. Well, yeah. The thing, but the thing about it, thing, the thing about Ray is that. He is incredibly depressed. Like he has good reason. Yeah, and well, well, think about depre- think about depression is you don't necessarily need a reason to be depressed. Uh, but Ray in this case does have a reason, which is the I mean, which is that he is that he has a very troubled he has very troubled family circumstances, which. Well. I can go into detail if you wish. Uh, well, I'll go, I'll go I'll go over the the high point is is that the high point is is that as a child he was orphaned and then he was taken in by like a friend of his fa- a friend of his father's who was you know a shogi master you know and so and that's what and so like as part of you know being adopted into this family adopted into this family he learned shogi. And ended up being better at it than his adoptive siblings. Well, his natural, the the natural siblings yeah. from the, right, yeah, right. The, well, and, and and see, that's that's the adoption thing. There's adoption for love, where you know, uh, you try and try to have children, or you want a certain gender of child, and you can't, and then you adopt that child, and then this is an obligation adoption. This is where nobody else wanted. Ray and so the guy said, "Well, I'll adopt him because you're my best friend's child." Blah 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 blah, and go from there. The only problem is, is the siblings that he picked up look at him and it's like, "What is he doing here? Why is he here? Why is he better than us?" And it just goes on from there. Yeah, and yeah, right. So the thing about Ray is that he is an incredibly sensitive and empathetic person. So he can see, like, like he can see, like the harm that he, the harm that he unintentionally inflicted on his adoptive siblings by basically outplaying them at shogi, and which basically caused them to turn away from shogi and to despise him. Um, and of course, Daddy, you know, the the father figure was like, "Hey, this kid's good," and "Hey, why can't you guys keep up with him?" Yeah, that didn't help either. Right. Yeah, and so in this, so in this adoptive family, even though like his adoptive father, you know, his adoptive father, you know, treats him, you know, treats him like one of the family, treats him with like one of the family, like his. You know his adoptive siblings. His adoptive siblings hate him, and he feels like he feels like he doesn't belong. Yeah. But yet, he, yeah. He he's a burden, and he doesn't need to be, and he shouldn't be. And we're getting to the point as it rolls through the episodes that he begins to realize that it just takes him a long time. Right. But. Yeah, but but and so that's that's like the backstory going going into 
like going into the beginning of the show, and that and that backstory is elaborated on over the course of the show. But what's but what's but the main what's what the main thrust of the show is is it's about how he gets he sort of finds a new family in that he he sort of he he winds up hanging out with these three sisters who are all adorable. Akari, Hina, and Momo. Yeah. You know, and... Oh, and you gotta throw Grandpa in there, too. Yeah. You don't throw Grandpa in, he'll get mad. Right. You know, and they just... You know, and they they just, like... They take... They end up, like, taking him in, and they love him unconditionally, and they treat him like a member of the family. Yeah, like, real family would treat you. Yeah. Yeah. And... And... Go ahead. Yeah, and he also, you know, and and yeah, so he so he sort of finds, you know, he finds a family they've never had, and it's really heartwarming how they and get along. The fa- and the family that's taken him in is not your normal family because there's Grandpa, and then there's Akari, who's the oldest daughter, Hina, who's in high school, and Momo, who's still trying to toddle around. And the reason that there's no mom and dad is because mom and dad died in an automobile accident, the same as uh, Ray's uh, parents did. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of interconnecting things back and forth on this. But uh, yeah. the, the chess play, the chess play, um, okay, it, to step aside for a second here. The play and action in, like, Shihafuru was one thing. The play and action in March Like a Lion, it's highly intellectual, and if you don't have a broad attention span, it will bore you. Eh. Well, well, actually, what's happening with the Shogi matches is, is almost beside the point. Uh, I know it, it's 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 his progression. They they have to show how he got to where he got, so they show us parts of the game. Yeah. And we have not sat through an entire shogi match because I don't think I could. Oh no, because yeah, because one of the things about shogi uh, that causes it to go on like way longer than like regular chess is that you can take uh, you can take uh, pieces that you captured from your opponent and drop them back on the board as your pieces. So, so you can have like a back and forth. Uh, uh, you can so in a shogi match, you can have a back and forth where like each side completely like like refreshes their refreshes their ranks from captured pieces from the other side. Uh, it's one of the yeah. it's one of the uh, it's one of the key differences between shogi and regular chess. The other thing is that the players that uh, Ray runs into along the line run the gamut from basically wallflowers to the most loud and boisterous people on the planet, which it's nice to show that, you know, not all shogi players are dull and boring. Yeah. 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 And and that gets to another another aspect of the dynamics is that his relationships with the other shogi players and with and and also with his uh, with his with his high school teacher, uh, also served to sort of draw him out, uh, and and get him and get him to like not stay stuck in his head all the time. Yeah, high school, a place that he's supposed to go to learn. While he goes there, so he can bone up on shogi matches, so he can figure out how to beat the next guy. And class, yeah, well, I kind of sort. I'm here in the building. Isn't that close enough? Right, and, yeah. And that, that advisor of his, oh, who's a shogi fanatic too. Let's 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 introduce us to the shogi fanatic advisor who's more interested in making sure that Ray Shogi's playing is better than his high school work, but he's still got to pass high school. Well, yeah. As far as passing is that you know because you know because Ray is a genius, uh, he yeah. He can learn the material just fine. The problem is, is that he spends, is that because he spends so much time at shogi matches, 
he actually he doesn't he he has trouble actually attending class and meeting the attendance requirements of yes that high that minimum number that classes you have to attend a year to graduate he kind of tries to fall short occasionally well yeah it's only through uh yeah it's only through some uh so the intervention from his teacher and you know advisor that he can barely uh, meet the attendance requirements. Yeah. Cre- create a classroom, yeah. Uh, uh, and then a lot of time spent on the roof. Right. What is it with Japanese with Japanese schools and this fascination that everything good has to happen on the roof? Uh, we'll have to go into that later, later issue. Well, it's a way that uh, it's a way that uh, where characters can convincingly have a private conversation because the hallways because the hallways are too crowded and there's people in all the classrooms and whatnot. So the roof is like, yeah, like the quiet haven, right? So, yeah. Yeah, so he interacts with a variety of, uh, like, in, in his shogi matches, and in his shogi matches, he interacts with a variety of colorful characters who all, you know, have different personalities that he bounces off differently, and they all have, they all have, uh, complexities and nuances to them as well. Those are the words you want to use. Right, I would I, say uh, I would say uh, some of them are just downright eccentric. Well, yeah. So, so like, there's this guy, uh, this guy Nikaido, who's this, like, who's the this fat kid who's about his age, although he he like uh, I mean he's he's all he's also he's, he's a he's a high school student who's professional professional shogi player, although he he didn't start go playing professionally until high school. Uh, but I, but right, so Nikaido is this right? He's this he's he's actually this overweight, like very sickly kid who's like from a super rich family. But he takes his shogi very seriously, and he takes his friendship with Ray very seriously. You know, yeah. I mean, and he, well, they they are uh, rivals in his words. Yes. Eh. Yeah, yeah. The, the, his big his biggest thing is for him and Ray to sit down at a championship match somewhere in the near future, and you know he never does say how he wants the outcome. He just wants to sit in a championship match with Ray. That's all he wants. That's his that's right. his end goal. Yeah, yeah. Although in terms of his skill, he's a step below Ray. So. He tends to, yeah, but in, he in, is improving. Yeah, in tournaments he tends to he tends to wash out, you know, and get defeated before he can, before he can really face Ray in like the finals. Uh, and even Ray actually, the thing, so the thing that's interesting about that is that, you know, even though Ray is, you know, he's a brilliant shogi player, but he's not the strongest one out there. Uh, and, you know, so over the course of the show, he gets defeated on several occasions. Uh, you would think with all of the studying that he does up front that he would be a conniving tactician, but he's not. He's, uh, his idea, I think, of a good shogi match would it to be even until about the last 20 moves where he finally says, okay, uh, stalemate's gone long enough, boom, 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 I'm done, have a nice day, see what hits you. And when he has it done to him, he's like, oh, wow, well, I wasn't paying attention, was I? Yeah. And, yeah, and, and so... And so the other thing is, like, each of the, all the other, the players that he meets is, like I said, they all have different sides to them. It's like Nikaido, who's, actually, I think he, I think he's diabetic. I think that's what, that's what the, the illness that he has. Yeah. Whatever it is, yeah, and whatever it is, his weight is, is a direct result of his illness. He, he, he can't. He's not metabolizing properly, and so, I mean, all he's got to do is look at, you know, a a sugar cube, and he gains five pounds. 
Yeah, he... Right. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he has, like, a butler following him around, uh, you know, and he has meals, he has, like, meals specially prepared, because he's rich. Uh. Well, and I think if he ate normal food, it'd kill him. Yeah. Right. So, so. that strikes me as a, some, some form of diabetes, I think. Uh, but it's, it's not, it's not, it's not specified. It's what never spelled out. Yeah, it, it, it's not spelled out in the show what's going on. Right. But yeah. So, you know, Kiriyama's struggles um, have made it to the point where he's just got crowned Rookie King. Uh, and they've now got a, uh, and we don't know yet how this is going to work out, but they got a setup match with the uh, reigning Grand Master. It's, it's supposed to be a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it's going to be a match that has no consequence to it. It's, it's a show match. I'm trying yeah. to think of the word. Yeah, well, but you know what I'm. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, well, yeah. Well, think about Ray. That as good as he is, he's not quite at like the top grandmaster level uh, because the 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 current like like uh, the current Majin, who's like the the strongest grandmaster. Uh, currently, uh, is just a level beyond everybody. And yeah, this guy, this guy is so calm, you have to check a pulse to make sure he's still with us. Yeah. Uh, like, because we see in, like, the, in the first season you had, like, the guy who, like, Ray was, like, going through the, going through this tournament, going through this tournament, and he gets beaten by this guy, Shimada. Who's uh, let's see, uh, who who's sort of, who who's who's an interesting character in his own right, and like so Shimada is actually uh, was actually Nikaido's teacher, uh, mm-hmm. and and so and then so Shimada goes on to face the uh, you know the the mage in, in the finals, and gets stomped, and so. You know, so and then, so Ray can't beat Shimada, and Shimada can't beat the Major, and so like there's no way Ray's good enough to beat the Major. Well, there is that thing known as dumb luck, and falling directly into it and smelling like a rose. Those two things do happen when you're playing games. The thing that happened, I believe it, yeah, first season was. Uh, Goto, the guy that's dating or was trying to date, or no, Ray's well, stepsister. Yeah, Ray's stepsister well, thinks. Which, yeah, yeah, well, actually, yeah. So the thing with Goto that's interesting is that at first, Goto is portrayed as this kind of this complete douche, uh, who who's supposedly who, you know who's supposedly dating Ray's uh, stepsister, but it turns out that. Ray's stepsister is actually stalking him, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with her. Yeah, this is this thing where, you know, Daddy rejected me, so I've got to do something to get Daddy to pay attention to me, so I'm going to go out with a guy like 20 years older than I am or more, and I'm not quite 20, so yeah, this, uh, it's, it, it, now, whether her father is picked up on this or not, I don't know, but uh, Ray's picked up on it, and she rubs it in his face at every occasion. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the interaction between those two is, is it could be a show almost all of its own. That, that's, that's quite some wild interaction. Right, because, yeah, because she having, like, having lived with him for years, is exquisitely attuned to all of his psychological weaknesses, which he takes advantage of mercilessly. And so she needles him, like, with, you know, with, like, just the right comment that, you know, that can just, like, deflate him. Well, I mean, the perfect example is when he came from home from the match, found her in his bed, partially clothed, going, oh, you're back. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I'm sorry. That's 
that would rattle anybody to their soul. Yeah, and yet, yeah, and yet you see, even, you know, as awful as she is to Ray, you know, you can see that, you know, it's coming from a place where she herself is like a really a wounded soul. Oh yeah, Daddy. Daddy hurt her real bad when he shunned her, and this is and this is all this that's been going on is her way of trying to get even with Daddy. But like I said, I'm not sure if Daddy is is has caught on or even cares. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And the brother, the brother faded in and out uh, a couple of times. I think he's uh, uh, at the home for the counting flowers and looking at butterflies. Yeah, he he's not he, yeah he's not really a strong presence in the show. No, he's uh, he seemed to have, uh, after he had that one outburst. Uh, yeah, they it seems that they kind of directed him to the wall. Okay, shall we move on to yeah, uh, so, Akari, Hina, and Momo? Right. So yeah, so yeah, so like the so the first season yeah it follows all these follows all these threads. And it, it actually, it ends with the end, the end of the school year. So, yeah, so the first season, like, in terms of, like, the showtime, it ends around March. And then the second season picks up where that left off at the beginning of a new school year. Uh, where, you know, where Ray has, like, Managed to manage to advance a grade barely, you know, yeah. and he's uh, and he, his like and his club like like his like his shogi club sort of got yeah, combined with this got got combined with this science club to be, form a shogi science club to have enough members to continue as a club, and this gives him somewhere. At school, where he can sit down and study stuff and still have people around him, so he's not complete. This was his advisor's idea to keep him from being a stick in a corner, you know, mushroom type. And he was. I mean, Ray Ray was there for the longest time. The guy you would open the dark room and find sitting in there with a little light, looking at shogi results, trying to figure out how to beat his next. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, there's some there's there's some fun bits where like. He's teaching shogi to the science club people, and like the science club people are, you know, are basically you know trying, like making these experimental concoctions, uh, and trying they, them out. They're on trying him. to, yeah, they're trying to domesticate him. They're trying to show him how to cook. The only problem is, is their 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 way of cooking is um. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. There was a fun episode where they, uh, where they. Uh, where they actually, where they actually cook uh, ramune in a lab, which is like this kind of this fizzy, this fizzy thing that, uh, you know, it didn't kill him, so it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. Uh, but the second season wanders into a an arc besides. Yeah. Uh, so hit his uh, besides his friend being taken ill in a shogi match. Uh, something happens to Hina at school, and that's where we're gonna go. Yeah, right. So around episode around episode twenty six or so, it, you know, it's like pretty early into the early into the second season. Uh, we find out that Hina, the middle the middle sister, who's in her third year of middle school at this point, uh, is being bullied in class. And, you know, and Ray, you know, it, it, you know, start, you know, is like racking his brain trying to find a way to protect her and, you know, to help her and to help her deal with this. And, uh, and, and the reason that he knows being bullied, uh, good English, being bullied is because her friend Chiho was being bullied to the point where she traded schools, and Hina didn't take didn't take a good liking to this, and she started fighting back the only way she knew how. Right, and yeah, and so what's what's great about this arc is 
it, it examines the issue of bullying from many different sides. Uh, you know, from Hina's point of view, but also it gets the it gets the teachers into this thing, where mm-hmm. where you have like like her current homeroom teacher is, is like you know is, is sort of trying to sweep the problem under the rug and failing miserably, and she doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah, and and it gets to the point. It gets to the point. It gets to the point where uh, where the homeroom teacher even like actually has a nervous breakdown and has to take off from school, uh, which which with the, which with the line uh, never to return. Yeah, and then you know, which means that the head teacher has to step in, and then he actually solves the problem because like he's like an old guy. Like very experienced, who's seen who's yeah. seen all this stuff before, and knows and like knows what's going on, and he he puts his foot down, and like and so like the whole emotional arc of of this arc is really great because you like at first you're seeing like you know you, like when you see what's happening to Hina, you just feel like I was feeling like like just. Furious. Well, I mean, they every mean thing that you can think of, and a couple that I hadn't thought of, uh, was portrayed. Especially when she walked into the blackboard and somebody had taken chalk and wrote <clears throat> very disparaging things about Hina uh, all over the chalkboard, and the whole class was sitting there reading it, and the class didn't say a word. Yeah. The, te- the teacher walked in, took one look at the board, started yelling at Hina, and she says, I have no idea. It looked like that when I walked in here. And that's when that's when the teacher finally, it, the fuses started blowing in the teacher. Right. Yeah. Right, because it's showing, yeah, because it's showing what's, yeah, it shows what's happening, you know, like, like I said, shows it from, like, a, many different sides, because, so you got, like, so you got the point of view of like Hina, and there's the bully who's just a monster. <laughs> uh, you know, and like the bully's mother who like, you know, sticks up for her well, when she shouldn't. And then there's, but the, yeah, but no, then there's like the other students in the class who enable the bully by looking the other way when she's like, when she's like abusing Hina, and. Or the bunch of girls that that were the bullies' buddies, because if they're you're the bullies' buddies, you don't get bullied. But if you go against the bully, you get bullied. Yeah. And her mother, I'm sorry, her mother. The way her mother was portrayed, I have run across that type of person before. Yeah, your kids are going to act like that because that's all they've ever seen. Yeah, and you got like yeah, and you have Akari who's just like you, know, who's getting called in for these you know, parent-teacher conferences because, you know, Akari, as the older sister, is effectively acting as a parental figure. And, and this older sister can't be over 25. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, I th- I'm thinking more closer to maybe 21 or 22, but she can't be over 25 just, you know, because of what she's got to do to work and everything else. So, you know, you're, you're throwing basically, you know, a person who's, uh, well, she's got family experience, but she's not been a parent, but she's been forced to be a parent. Yeah, and there's a dynamic there where, you know, the the mother sat there and cut her up into little pieces and, and left her, you know, I mean, Akari tried to defend herself, but she just did not have the life experiences to turn around and, and counter this woman, where the senior teacher looked at her and said, no, lady, you're the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and so the episode when the episode when the senior teacher finally steps in is so satisfying. And you know what happened is there was a 
they were he was meeting with them separately and somewhere along the line a student fell and broke glass got cut or something and he had to go run to take care of that and so you end up with akari and hina and the bully and her mother standing there less than 10 feet apart from each other with the you know and the insults from the mother just started and bombarded poor akari i mean she tried to defend herself but like i said she was uh, this gal had her out of her league yeah so now we're to the point where yeah the the bully has realized that she's a bully. She still doesn't know why she's a bully, but she's realized and she's apologized a very hollow and heartless apology. But she apologized. She yeah. said the words, I apologize. Um, Hina is, I don't know if she so much feels relieved or vindicated or maybe a combination of both because she knew she was right, but, you know, it was trying to get the world to listen to her. Her classmates have pulled their head out of their collective and starting to treat her like a human being again. Yeah. And and her friend that was bullied to the point is recovering and has sent her a letter asking Hina to join her this summer. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. But that bullying arc, if you know you don't understand bullying or you don't comprehend bullying, um watch that arc and it's a standalone arc you could pretty much watch it and by the second episode you really don't need a whole lot of character backgrounds because you get it as as it's going on but you know uh bullying kills people yeah you know you you push people who do not have a whole lot of life experience and you bombard them from a half a dozen different directions and they look for a way out. And a lot of times that way out is to check out. Yeah. And so through this arc, Ray is kind of a secondary character uh, where he's like, you know, struggling to find ways to help. You know, and even like, uh, he even consults with his teacher about it. And the teacher has a bit of advice. A bit of advice, but it's not really a whole lot to work with. Uh, And so he ends up, you know, he ends up, you know, by the end of it, very regretful that he couldn't do more to help. But, you know, but he, you know, he mainly acts as kind of a shoulder to cry on for Hina. And at the end, he says, I couldn't do much for you. And Hina looked at him and said, you listened to me. You did this. You did that. She got so mad, she bit his finger. Yeah. Yeah. And it turned out just being, you know, just being there as a shoulder to cry on was enough. And uh, for a lot of people, that's all they really need is somebody there to go, "Uh, yeah, I'm listening to you. I care about you. You know, keep talking to me. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Anyway, the abuse or the uh, bully arc, abuse arc, whatever you want to call it, uh, exceptionally well done. The show up to the point, this point has been uh, well thought out and played out. Uh, I don't want to give it a score, but if I would give it, if I would have to say this is, if you haven't watched March Like a Lion, you should. Give it a couple of episodes. If it doesn't, if it doesn't float your boat, that's fine. But I, you know, it's 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 great. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say any. Yeah. I can't say any more. It is great. I I, am, I I I look forward to it yeah. on a weekly basis. I am I am really loving this show. I mean, I was I was I was sort of liking it at first. It took a few episodes to really get into the groove. I think. Yeah, it was around. It was around. It was for me. It was around episode five. It was around episode five when uh, when it explained, which is what it which explained Ray's backstory with his adopted family. Where uh, it was at and, that point that the show really started to click for me. And I'm trying to remember: is that one show that you and I started watching together, or is that something that you pointed out to me? Uh, and I think we were both watching it around the same time, 
but okay. But but we, I know there's been a couple. I know there's been a couple shows in the past that you go. You should watch this. Yeah, we didn't. You're right. Yeah, we, we didn't. Uh, yeah, the thing was we didn't. We like watched it like different episodes at different times because we weren't covering it on like the main podcast because Duffy wasn't watching it. Yeah, I don't think Aaron was either. Yeah. I know one thing we can do. We can rate the first season by George. I give the first season a five. Yes. We can't rate the second season because it's not over, but the first season gets a five. And, you know, on a. If you're tired of Moe Moe Kuhn, uh, Magical Girls, uh, Schoolyards, this, that, and the other thing, give March Like a Lion a try. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so one of the things is that even though, like, the story itself is very is very grounded and true to life. It, the imagery that it uses, uh, to express the character's emotions is really, is really quite compelling. Uh, uh, yeah. And it's like, and, 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 and so it, it often gets, it often has this kind of, uh, sketchy style to it. But it works for it works for what it's doing, and which is uh, actually like this, you know, actually showing like the character's emotions. Well, to to wrap this up, uh, we will Ben and I, even if we have to do another little podcast like this, uh, we will finish the March Like a Lion season. And we will go into, I don't know if we're going to it as deep detailed as we're going here, but we will finish out, what do we got, 10 episodes? Eight, uh, eight, nine more episodes. 10? Nine, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, this season will end at episode, we've seen uh, 35 episodes so far, and the season will end at episode 44. Okay. So we'll, we'll one way or another, even if we have to go to the point of putting it in writing, we will... Uh, finish up this uh, review and we may do some of these in the future depends uh mostly depends on what you people out there got to say if you if you like what you heard great if you didn't like what you heard great uh show notes will be found at www.projectharahi.net uh or you can leave a pocket cast at uh, projectharahi.net or you can visit audioentropy.com slash and leave comments there. Pick up the show there. Wave hi to Dusty, or you can but, or, uh, or you can tweet me at Death Slinky. And I don't tweet because my bird's broke. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there I know there's normally a third voice in here, so we're not going to do the uh, Ben Dusty because there's no Dusty. So uh, until next time, uh, watch anime. Have a uh, great day, and we'll see ya. Later.